Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 and meet me at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is from the Apostle Paul. And he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, watch this, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. Since the beginning of this year, we've been talking about pray more in 24. And we've discussed every Sunday and even on Wednesdays how prayer is communion, how prayer is fellowship, how prayer is oneness how prayer is listening to God and then speaking to God, how prayer is not far but near, how prayer is not distant but close, how the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, how God lives on the inside of you, how Jesus resides on the inside of you. And you can listen to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week because he lives on the inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you can listen, and you can speak, and you can speak, and you can listen. And since God knows more than you and I, we should do more listening than we do speaking. And so as we go throughout the day, we should be in a position of listening, listening to what the Lord is saying, keeping our ears open to what he's saying keeping our eyes attuned to what he's saying, our spiritual eyes, and listening to what the Lord's saying. And with prayer, we're going to have to understand that, and we talked about it last week, that prayer is giving God the permission to intervene in the earth. Prayer is giving God the permission to interfere in the earth's affairs. There was a quote by a man named John Wesley who started the Methodist Church. He said that prayer is, and I'm going to paraphrase it. He said, no, you know what? I'm not going to paraphrase because I think it's really, really good. I'm going to actually read what he said because I think it's impactful when talking about prayer. He said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Notice he's limited, interesting, by our prayer life that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, we just see, we saw here, praying always with all prayer and supplication 
in the spirit. And that what I want to stand out to you today is the words all prayer. There are a variety of prayers. Uh, we've talked about praying in Jesus' name. We've talked about intercessory prayer. We've talked about the prayer of consecration and the, the prayer of agreement we're going to talk about. And there are a variety of prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of faith, salvation prayer. There's a variety of prayers. But here Paul tells us that we're to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. We are to pray in the spirit. And when we understand praying in the spirit, we'll understand that it's a little deeper than we really realize. It's more than just praying what you know. It's more than just praying your intellect. It's more than just praying your understanding. Praying in the spirit means we're going to go deeper in God and we are going to pray in tongues. Now, tongues is one of the words that scares a lot of people. I remember when I first heard about praying in tongues, um, someone told me it was of the devil. And they said, you know, praying in tongues of the devil, and you don't want to pray in tongues. And I thought, man, I used to go to the club and stuff. I used to hang out. I never heard nobody in the club pray in tongues, you know. I, I never heard that before, but they said it was of the devil. And, and, and I ain't heard it in the club. So I was like, wow, that must not be true because a lot of devilish things was going on in the club. And so I thought, no, that can't be of the devil. And I started researching the scriptures, and there are chapters that are simply dedicated to praying in the spirit and or, a.k.a., praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you are praying a heavenly language. And the word tongues simply means language. That's all that word means. Tongues means language. And when you pray in tongues or pray in the spirit, you are praying a heavenly language. Now, I'll submit to you. I've been praying in tongues for a long time since I was 20. I was in my early 20s. I was baptized on Holy Ghost and praying in other tongues. And I will tell you that it is still the one of the weirdest things that we can uh, access and that we can orchestrate and apply. I mean, when I'm praying in tongues, it feels, sometimes it feels weird. Sometimes my mind tells me this is foolish. And when you begin to pray in tongues, I believe it is one of the weirdest things we believe. But the Bible has a lot to say about praying in the spirit and praying in tongues. And you don't hear a lot of teaching about praying in tongues anymore. I can't tell you the last time I heard a teaching about praying in tongues. People aren't talking about it anymore. It's because people are intimidated by it or they're not doing it. And, they, and then we're trying to figure out why, why are we so weak and, and why are we don't have any power and why we don't see results because we can tap into something a little deeper than simply playing with our intellect. Somebody say amen. All right. First Corinthians chapter 14. Turn there real quick. First Corinthians chapter 14. And let's take a look at verse 1. Paul here is talking to us as well. And he says in verse 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, I want to pause right here, guys, for a second. Pursue love. That means go after love with the intent to capture. Pursue it. And desire, that means crave spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, the word prophesy simply means to declare a divine inspiration from God to another person. 
you have, God has given you some form of influence, some form of inspiration, some form of revelation for another person, and you share that divine inspiration or revelation with another person. And here he's telling us that we're to pursue love, we're to be patient and kind and pursue love and desire, crave after spiritual gifts, but especially that you may have some form of inspiration to share with someone else. This particular time, I was in Colorado, and uh, I, was, I went to a friend's church. They were having a dedication of their church. I flew out there to support him, and they had a dinner afterwards, and they sat me on a table with people I didn't know. Stacy didn't go with me. I was, I was by myself, and they sat me around a, a table of folks I didn't know. So, you know, you get to talking, and this guy was sitting next to me, and he and I were talking, but his wife kept looking at me really, really odd. And I thought, well, she doesn't like me. You know, I'm just thinking, and that's fine. I mean, everybody doesn't like me. That's fine. She, she clearly doesn't like me. She kept giving me this odd-looking expressions and faces, and it was, it, was, it was really, really interesting. But I thought, you know what? The husband seems like a cool guy. I'll keep talking to him. Well, once we got done, it was getting really late, and I said, man, I'm ready to go home. And so I, I had Zavin with me. Zavin flew to Colorado with me. I went and grabbed Zavin. And I said, let's, let's go home. And as I was getting ready to go, the wife ran up to me. Now, she's at the table. And she ran up to me. She said, I've got something to share with you. I was like, oh, wow. She didn't talk to me the whole time at the table. And she said, you've been desiring spiritual gifts. And the Lord said that your prayers have been answered. And I said, just this morning. I was praying about, Lord, I want to increase in the spiritual gifts. I want to increase in words of wisdom and words of knowledge and discernment of spirits. I want to increase in the gifts of healings and the workings of miracles. I want, to, I want my ministry to increase. She said, you've been praying over this, and your prayers have been answered. And then she went on for about seven or eight minutes and began to prophesy what the Lord was saying to her about me, things that I had said in my prayer time, things that were confirmation, things that I've seen come to pass. It was a true work of prophecy, a true work of divine inspiration that the Lord was giving her to me. So while I thought she was giving me funny, ugly faces, the Lord was talking to her about me and she was waiting for the right time to share it with me. And her husband was a minister and, and, and she was as well. And, and she began to, to share some things. And I called Stacy. I was like, my goodness, the Lord has me on his mind because what a powerful word that that was given that encouraged me and strengthened me and exhorted me. And so we see here in verse 2, watch this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says, he who speaks in the tongue, I'll come back to this, does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But look at verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. I want to pause here for a second because what this prophecy did was it edified me, it encouraged me, and it brought me comfort. I want to talk about two things today. One is prophecy and two is tongues. When you are praying and you are spending time with God, God will give you some divine inspiration to encourage somebody else. He will give you some revelation to encourage someone else. He will give you something to share, but it must always bring encouragement. 
You are not a doomsday, you know, I see the Lord told me you're going to die tonight. That is not encouraging. Okay? Uh, the Lord said your cat going to get run over by the reindeer. Okay? That, that's not encouraging. No. A, a prophetic word from God is going to bring encouragement. It's going to bring exhortation. It's going to bring comfort. And it should bring a confirmation. When this lady was sharing with me what the Lord shared with her, it was all confirming. It was nothing new. It was nothing, you know, you're going to sing around the world. No, I can't sing. So it was nothing crazy like that, okay? It was all confirming what the Lord had shared with her was confirming what was already on the inside of me. And so prophecy is encouragement. Now, there are times that the Lord would give you something to admonish someone meaning they are going down the wrong path and you need to bring some, some clear verbiage so they don't fall off the cliff. But you do all that in love. That admonishment is all in love. But prophecy is about encouragement. New Testament prophecy is about encouragement, it's about exhortation, and it's about bringing comfort. And your prophetic word to someone could simply be, I declare you have a, you have a great day today. I declare that this day will be the best day of your life. That's a prophetic word. I, I'm predicting the future. I'm, I'm predicting the future, and I'm saying something good is going to happen to you today. That's a prophetic word that you can declare to somebody else. Something good is going to happen. Your, your, your future is going to be bright. Or it can be more specific like this prophetic word the Lord gave me that was or gave her to me was very specific. And so I want to encourage you, you guys are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are around people all day, every day. You have the ability to take the opportunity to prophesy to somebody else. But don't be it, don't be nothing like, I, I wish you would, you know. I wish you would say that to me. I'm a prophet, I'm gonna punch you in the face. No, that ain't biblical prophet. That's the flesh. That's the flesh. No, settle down and declare something good to someone else while you're in Walmart, while you're pumping gas, while you're at work, while you're on a Zoom call. You, you can prophesy and encourage somebody in those realms of experience. You can be, a, a, you can be God's voice to someone else in another scenario. Now, you don't have to be a prophet in order to prophesy. There are two, the prophet is an office that God has called to strengthen and encourage the body of Christ at large. But prophecy is for every believer. Any believer can share a divine inspiration from God with someone else. And how important is this spiritual gift that you can, the Lord can lay something on your heart. It could be for someone you don't even know, and it's about their grandma. And you say, man, you, you, I'm just, I'm praying for you. I just keep hearing in my heart, you know, that your grandma's going to be all right. How do you know about my grandma? I don't know about your grandma. The Lord told me that. And I'm just encouraging you on that. Now, you can miss it. You can miss it too. There was one particular time I was speaking to some college students, and it was packed. It was at UNCC, and it was, it was a lot of, it was hundreds of college students there. And I had told the, the guy that asked me to come, I said, man, if it's okay with you, I want to 
lay hands on some of the college students and speak to them and, and just give them a word from the Lord. He goes, I've been waiting for somebody to want to do that. Yes, do it. And so some people came down. I said, if you just want to touch from the Lord, come down to this front. And it might have been, you know, 50 people that came down that day. And, and I began going down, just talking to people. Lord, give me a, just a word of wisdom, a knowledge, something just to share with them. And, and it, it could be simple as everything going to be all right, or it could be very specific. And I came to this one particular couple. And uh, no, no, excuse me. It was a lady. And I said, I was praying. And I said, the Lord is telling me that you're going. And this is what the Lord told me. The Lord said, her and her husband is going to do mighty things for me in the earth. That's what the Lord told me to tell her. And, but she was in college, and she was young. And I'm thinking, she's not married. So I changed it. said, when you get married, the Lord is going to connect you with a man, and you're going to do mighty things. And everybody started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? I stopped. They said, she just got married. She just got married two weeks ago. Her husband's right over here. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and so I called the husband up. And then I talked about, you know, the Lord told me what to say. But I didn't say what he said to say. That's what he told me to say. Now, that wasn't a big deal, except I want you to understand, be bold enough to say what the Lord says. But if you miss it, that's okay. There was one particular time I went and spoke somewhere. And it was, a, a, it was like a, 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 a Hispanic crowd. And they had an interpreter, but some people understood English, some people didn't. And I went to someone, <laughs> I went to someone on the, on the second row, and I said all these words in English, and, inter- you know, the interpreter wasn't with me. And, and, and you know, I just said all this stuff, and, and they said, no, no habla inglés. They, no they had no idea what I said. And I thought, oh, I really, I really felt like I had something for it. And maybe I really did. But they didn't have a clue what I said, and the interpreter was gone somewhere else. And so they never got <laughs> whatever it was that I had said. But you know what? Uh, I, I'm, I still want to be a person that can share encouraging, comforting, and exhortation with people. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. I want to pause here for a second, because if you speak in a tongue or a language, you're not speaking to another human being. You are talking to God, and you can be sure that you're talking to God when you are speaking in tongues. You can be sure that your communication is between you and God when you are speaking a heavenly language that you don't understand. So when you hear tongues, it should be in a right position, you talking to God. So, for example, when I'm in the shower, I'll pray in tongues in the shower. I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to God. God, I'm driving a car, I'll pray in tongues in the car. I'm not talking to anybody else, I'm talking to God. If I'm ever up here and I say something in a language that you don't understand, I'm not talking to you. So don't get offended, I'm talking to God, right? I am talking to God and I am using my prayer language in talking to God and and bypassing my mind, and I'll get into that, so that I can be sure that my spirit is talking to the Spirit of God. In this verse, in verse 2, it says here that you will be speaking mysteries. 
That word mysteries is hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom or divine secrets. In the spirit, you are speaking mysteries, wisdom or divine secrets. And you are talking to God about this wisdom or divine secrets. And here's the cool part. You don't know what you're saying, but most importantly, God doesn't know what you're saying. I'm sorry. The devil doesn't know what you're saying. God knows what you're saying. The devil doesn't know what you're saying. So you're bypassing your mind. You're, you're confusing him. And you are talking directly to God as you are speaking in tongues. And you can be sure that you are uttering divine mysteries and secrets. Now, here's the key. You don't know everything. So when it's time to pray, there are times that I don't even know what to pray. I have no idea what to pray. My mind cannot tell me what to pray. You can cross over into praying in tongues, which bypasses your mind, and now you are praying divine secrets, hidden mysteries, and the will, the perfect will of God for your life. This particular time, I was laying in the bed, and if, if you know me, when, when I get to bed, I am in the bed. I'm not getting out of the bed, okay? It's bedtime. The covers are on me. I'm out. Thank God I have no problem going to sleep. I'm out, and I declare over you, anybody that has problems going to sleep, be made whole in Jesus' name. Get rest tonight in the name of Jesus. I declare that over you. And so I was in the bed and cuddled up, and the Lord said, get up and pray. And I was like, oh, Lord, I can, can I pray right here in the bed? Knowing I would go straight back to sleep if I did that, right? Hey, I heard again, get up and pray. I said, okay. I turned to Stacy, and, and uh, no, I turned to get out of the bed. She, hear, she hears everything, by the way. And so, I, where are you going? I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, the Lord said get up and pray, okay. I'm, I'm going to go pray. And she's like, okay. So I went down to my office, and I just started praying. I started out in English. Didn't even know what I was praying about. And then I, I, I switched over into tongues, and I just started praying a, a, a language that I'm unfamiliar with. But let me tell you before I finish the story, when you begin to pray in tongues, begin to speak words and syllables that don't make sense, and then the utterance will come. So you have to start in the flesh, but you'll end up in the spirit if you keep going. If you make an attempt... To start, the Spirit of God will help you if you just keep going. It, the best example and illustration I got is when my kids started to say, dad, dad. I got really excited about it. They're trying to speak my language. You know what I mean? They're trying to talk our English, our language. And I got really excited. Yeah, dad, 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 dad. And he kept saying, dad, dad, dad. And finally, it's dad. Now it's dad, dad. Over time, it developed. It grew. But they had to start. Most people are afraid to even start praying in tongues because it's, it appears foolish. And I want to tell you, it feels foolish sometimes. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do it by faith, and you're going to have to speak words and syllables that don't make sense and then allow the Holy Spirit to bring the utterance as you begin to step out in faith and pray in tongues. I want to share this with you. Every believer has the ability to pray in tongues. Every believer. It's part of your weaponry. It's part of your arsenal. Every believer can pray in tongues and can pray in the spirit. You always start out in the flesh, but if you keep going, you'll end up in the spirit. 
And so as you begin to utter sounds and syllables that you're unfamiliar with, the Holy Spirit will come on in and he will bring the utterance. And so when I first started praying in tongues, it was just, it was something along those lines. And I just kept doing it, kept doing it. And then all of a sudden, unction began to come and, and a different sort of sounds began to come. And I began to pray and I felt like the Holy Ghost is here. God is here with me, and I'm praying in divine secrets and mysteries as I pray in the Spirit. Now, what is the difference between gibberish and praying in the Holy Ghost? Great question. I heard somebody ask that in their spirit. What is the difference between gibberish and praying in the Holy Ghost? The difference is faith. Faith is the difference. That's the only difference. I believe that I am praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe I'm talking to God. And I am, I'm stepping out on faith, and I'm doing what the Word says to do, and now I am endeavoring to pray this language that God speaks, that the devil is unfamiliar with, and that my mind doesn't know. Now, here's the key part. I woke up, I went to my office to pray, and I, I began to pray in tongues. I had no other, I prayed everything I knew in English, Jeannie, I was done. I didn't know anything else to pray in English. I was done. And I thought, well, I don't feel like I'm supposed to go back to bed. Let me keep praying. I crossed over in the praying in tongues. I began to just utter sounds and syllables that didn't necessarily make sense, but the Holy Ghost helped me. And he helped me. And I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. And then finally, I got to the point that I sensed in my heart that it's time to stop. And here's how you know you'll reach that point when you feel a sense of joy. Or you might even laugh a little. That's kind of, there's you, you experience whatever a breakthrough, whatever that breakthrough is. I sense some joy on the inside me, because at first I didn't sense any joy. I sensed some joy inside me. I felt like it was over. Uh, it was about an hour. I went back to bed, got some good sleep. Everything was fine until six hours later, I got in a horrific car accident. Totaled the car. Thank God I was completely fine, but the car was jacked up. And I, Betsy, I miss Betsy. I like Betsy, but... Betsy protected me that day by, with God's help. God protected me, but Betsy was the tool. All the airbags deployed. Uh, I had a big old knot on my head, but everything else was fine. I was completely fine, and I was really angry because someone just came out and hit me and really, you know, car was paid for. Thomas had just got new tires on the car. Ah, but I was upset. So for, that was, God is taking care of me now. My car is paid for now. Thank God. Glory be to God. And so I, I, I remember... Sitting in the seat, and a friend of mine, he's a, he's, a, um, he's a paramedic. He said, man, you need to go to the hospital. Just go get checked out. And I went, and as I was riding to the hospital, the Lord said, you last night praying in the spirit is what protected you from what the devil had. I didn't have no idea. But it's what you didn't. I went, what, what if God, you're going to get in a car accident in six hours, and you wouldn't have left the house. And you're going, you're going, and it's going to almost kill you. You're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. God can't reveal all that information to you. You're going to have to just trust him. And so I just simply trusted him and prayed in the spirit. And I heard in my heart, you, that, that prayer last night is what I was using to protect you against a deathly car accident. Now, this is serious stuff. Praying in the spirit, God was able to intervene in earth affairs. By simply praying in the Holy Ghost, by praying in the Spirit. And here in verse 
verse 4. Go to verse 4 if you don't mind, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He said, he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. That word edifies means to build up, to enlarge, or you could say it this way, to charge yourself like a battery. If you're ever feeling down, sad, weak, internally frustrated and upset, begin to pray in tongues. You'll begin to charge yourself like a battery. Your spirit man will begin to be filled and refilled, and you'll begin in a spiritual. This is all spiritual, not natural. It's all spiritual. You begin to, to sense a wholeness on the inside, which will then affect your mentality and your physical body. Eventually, your mind will change and your body will strengthen, but it all starts with charging your spirit. Your spirit is your life source. If you didn't have your spirit, your body would just be laying somewhere down somewhere. Your spirit is your life source. So as you charge your life source, pray in tongues, edify yourself in tongues, you will be built up and you will begin to be stronger and stronger. And here's what I've noticed by praying in tongues. You'll begin to know what to do even when you don't know what to do. I've, I've received wisdom from heaven because of just simply praying in tongues. I didn't know the answer to that. I didn't know what was going on, but by praying in the spirit, God revealed it to me. And man, it was simply an act of just submitting myself to pray in the spirit. And you don't have to listen. The, the cool thing about tongues, well, let me wait to say that. Let's go. Verse five, he says, I wish you spoke with I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. He's asking them, continue to speak in tongues. In verse 39, 1 Corinthians 14, 39, watch this. He says here, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. In verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13, he says, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So it's okay to pray that God will unfold his divine plan. It's okay to pray, Lord, give me the interpretation when I'm praying. Now, more often than not, I may not get the interpretation of it, but I can pray it. And there are times he has, and there are other times that I just simply have to receive it by faith that I'm praying in the spirit. Now watch verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Let's pause there. If I pray in a tongue, a heavenly language, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. What does that mean? That means I could bypass my mind. I can bypass my thoughts by praying in tongues. That simply means that I could be at work praying under the breath in tongues, and still focused on my job at work. Did you hear me? You can do both simultaneously. You could just be at work. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take care of you. Come sit down right here. I got your prescription or whatever the case may be. You can be doing both at the same time because your mind is unfruitful. You don't have to focus your mind so much as it is just simply releasing your spirit to pray and your mind's unfruitful. And when you need the answer the most, God will give it to you right when you need it. There are times I've received answers just simply sitting, watching a show on TV. Oh, that's the answer I was looking for. God revealed it. Why? I believe it was connected to praying in the spirit. Watch this. Verse 13, therefore let whom who speaks in the tongue pray that he may interpret. 
Verse 14, for if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays. Notice it doesn't say the Holy Spirit prays. It says my spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. The Holy Spirit will help you, but you have to start, and then he'll jump in and help you. Look at verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray also with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. What I want you to notice here is it's an act of the will. Paul says here, I will pray in the, with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. What are you saying? I'm going to do both. I'm going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to pray with understanding. I will sing in tongues, and I will sing with understanding. And it's by an act of his will. So at will, you can pray in the Spirit. There's some teaching out there that there has to be some unction that comes on you, and that's the only time you do it. And I was meeting with a guy recently, and I asked him, does he pray in tongues? Because we were having a spiritual conversation. He goes, yeah, one time I did. I was in a meeting, and some unction came on me, and I prayed in tongues, but I haven't done it since. Well, that's your, that's your fault, because you can, by an act of your will, open up your mouth, begin to utter syllables and sounds, and allow the Holy Spirit to come give you the utterance of what you have been saying. You can also pray with the understanding. There are many times when I pray in tongues, I don't feel anything. But do you feel anything when you take a bath sometime? Or do you feel anything when you drive to the store? I mean, I don't, I don't, just because I don't feel anything doesn't mean nothing's happening. I don't feel anything a lot of times. I'll sit in my office or on my porch or I'm driving my car and I'm praying in tongues and I don't feel nothing. But I believe by faith that I'm speaking out divine mysteries and hidden secrets that have been uttered since the foundation of the world. Watch this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and meet me at verse 6. Are y'all getting something today? About six people. Let me say it again. Are y'all getting something today? Amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 6. Watch this. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Look at verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Let's pause there. We are speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery. He tells us later in, in chapter 14, verse 2, that when we pray in tongues, we're praying out mysteries. So once again, we're speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery. And he says the people of this age don't know what we're talking about. What does that mean? The people of this world or, or, or people in this world don't know what we're saying. And that's okay. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I know that I'm speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery. Look at verse 13, same chapter, verse 13. Paul tells us these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. So notice we're not just talking about English or whatever language that you, are, that you speak. Not with words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Look at verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why, why not? For they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
What is Paul trying to tell us? Naturally, praying in the spirit is foolish. But if you're going to be spiritually discerned and speak wisdom and the mysteries of God, then you're going to have to pray in tongues. You're going to have to make an effort to step out and pray in the spirit. I want everybody in this church to have to use the arsenal and the weaponry of praying in tongues. But what I'm asking you to do is to have the courage to step out and attempt to. Stop waiting on some sort of divine influence to come over you and then make you do something that you don't want to do. That actually sounds demonic, don't you think? I'm waiting for something to come on me and do something I don't want to do. That's, that's demonic. The Holy Spirit's not like that. The Holy Spirit is actually waiting on you to do what the Word says to do, and then he will come and help you. He will come and assist you. He will come and begin to give you the utterance. And as you just yield your members, your mouth, your tongue, you don't even have to yield your mind when you're starting out. Now, as you get going, there are times I get going praying in the Spirit. My mind is very focused, and I'll have a pen and pad out. Just whatever pops up, I'll just begin to write it down. I'm thinking, well, this must be from the Lord. And it could be simply turn on the dishwasher. Okay, that must be from the Lord. Don't forget to turn it on. Whatever the case may be, I'll sit down and write some things down because I'm believing to receive interpretation about what the Lord wants to say to me. But there is a weaponry in an arsenal, and if we're going to pray more in 24, I don't think you can be limited with just speaking English words. You're going to have to cross over into praying in the Holy Ghost, and you're going to have to cross over into stepping out on faith and opening up your mouth and speaking sounds, words of wisdom that you may be unfamiliar with. And the best time to practice and do it is when you're by yourself. The first time I've stepped out and praying in the Holy Ghost, the church I went to, the pastor talked about it. I said, and, and I said, man, I want this, Lord. I went to my room. I said, Lord, I want this. I, I want to be able to speak in a language I'm unfamiliar with. And I just said, I'm going to step out and try. And I began to step out and try. And I started out, and I just sensed the presence of the Lord. Really just come all over that room. And I, tears start coming out of my eyes because I sensed his presence. And I, presence. And I felt like, he's like, my, my children are trying to do something spiritual. You know, our, weapon, our weaponry fights against invisible enemies. It says there in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. All these things are invisible. We can't see them with our eyes. This is what tongues does. Tongues taps into a heavenly realm that, that the enemy knows, oh my gosh, there's power being released in the atmosphere of the invisible realm, and we bet not touch them because they are talking to God directly, and we have no idea what they're talking about. Come on, somebody say amen. I want y'all to just step out and try. I want you to step out. If you haven't before, step out. One of the best ways also to pray in tongues is when someone is is praying. Let's say in our pre-service prayer. We have pre-service prayer leaders, and, and, and that person's praying in English, and you could stand there and just pray in tongues. What's going on? I'm talking to God. Don't worry about what I'm saying. I'm talking to God. I'm talking, I don't even care what I'm saying. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to him, and I'm praying divine mysteries, and I'm praying secrets, and I'm opening up my mouth, 
and I'm praying hidden mysteries. Hallelujah. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.